0: Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL, Most Valuable Listener, on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: Every time I would ask them a question, they would say, Google it or figure it out and kind of would never give me the answers to things, which I think as I grew up, was really helpful for me because I never really had the answers. I always kind of had to figure them out.
0: Three, two, one. My name is Espre Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. today's women in tech shout out goes to data queens on instagram thank you so much for supporting and cheering on the women in tech podcast be sure to say hello to data queens on instagram at d-a-t-a-q-u-e-e-n-s underscore i-o that's d-a-t-a-q-u-e-e-n-s underscore i-o they are non-conformative data experts here to add a fresh and thoughtful perspective to the conversation it's run by andrea Lee Ann Spencer, thank you for empowering women in tech to connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world. Remember, to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup, Looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. A little random personal spot for you. I've been listening to a bunch of stuff on brain science, and it was funny. This one doctor said, I can't believe doctors so easily prescribe us drugs and all this stuff without actually even looking at our brain. No other category of doctor does that. Like a cardiologist looks at your heart before operating on your heart, et cetera. That is a really interesting concept. It really made me want to get a brain scan and all that kind of stuff. So I was wondering, what do you guys know about the brain? The brain is obviously so essential in all of us. And it is fascinating that We do all of these things, you know, especially culturally in the States, like it's such a big deal with the pharmaceutical drugs and all this stuff. But rarely are we actually scanning our brain and seeing actually what's going on. This doctor was saying, I think it's saffron is an amazing thing. Not having body inflammation is an important part of brain health. Like there's all these things, obviously sleep, which I'm not getting much of tonight, but just really, really interesting. Anyway, message me on social or DM me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the brain. All right. Enjoy the next episode. Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest from New York. Yes, we have Sarah and Lauren. Hello. Welcome to the show. I love your enthusiasm. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here. So you are making a splash on the internet. What are some of the publications that you've been featured in? The New York Times, Washington
2: Post. Business Insider 3 times now, Vogue,
0: The Hustle, I don't know, ad week. A long, a long, an ad week, yeah. Um it's crazy. But, yeah. And can we kick things off by going ahead and telling me a little bit about what both of you do and who you are? Yeah, sure.
1: So my name is Sarah Gennetti. I grew up on Long Island. I went to NYU. I actually attended the business school at NYU. I studied management and entrepreneurship. We both graduated in May of 2020. My work experience has primarily been in early-stage startups, um, consumer product startups, um, and I've helped them go from concept to launch. And now I work for an ad tech company and I sit in the marketing team. And it basically helps brands achieve suitability for the advertisements they run over video content. So that's TikTok, YouTube, anything in the video Digital landscape. And now I am a proud co founder of NYU Girls, which is a, let's call it a media brand, <laughs> I guess. It started as a clubhouse show in February of 2021, um, which is crazy that it's only been two months and was completely crazy. by accident, um, was with eight of our friends
0: and kind of achieved overnight success. Amazing. And Lauren, you are a co-founder of NYU Girls as well. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
2: Yeah. So I grew up in Maine. I also graduated from NYU in May with Sarah. Um, I attended the Gallatin School of Individualized Studies. So I created my own major around consumerism, marketing, and psychoanalysis. And during my time at NYU, I worked at a bunch of different startups, primarily in the D2C space. And now I also work in ad tech, at an SMS marketing platform in the CS team.
0: Can you define ad tech for everybody who may not know what ad tech is?
2: Yeah, ad tech is like a shortened name for advertising technology. In my company's world, that means that we have a product that empowers brands to message consumers in the form of advertising and marketing.
0: So you guys met in college, and you've been friends. Did you get an internship straight out of college? Did you start working a full time straight out of college? Because you both ended up in ad tech. Did I hear you right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and yeah, was that on purpose?
2: <laughs>
1: like? no, no, that was completely by
0: accident. <laughs> yeah, but it's now really useful to what we're working on now. And so, tell me, like where have you been in the journey of your career and have you guys kind of been building your journeys together or is it just a coincidence that you ended up together back on the show that you're doing now? It's a complete coincidence.
1: Lauren and I get along really well and we like have very similar brains. which is really funny. Like in the fall, we created a double dating profile <laughs> and we basically set up a profile where we would go on double dates together. So we literally were booked so out for weeks in advance, but we had a really good time doing it. And it was like, it wasn't a business venture, but it was like almost kind of felt that way. I think we have always were both super driven and
2: independent, but we also have always been super collaborative, whether that was like in work or personal life. And so that's kind of suited us well, now co-founding something together.
0: I mean, I actually really appreciate that story. First of all, I think that's dope. I wish I created a double dating thing with a friend of mine. <laughs> what I did do is I did outsource my love life. So I legit created a website and built a Facebook ad campaign to myself <laughs> in order to get dates that's as... That's unbelievable. Me. I got multiple virtual assistants to log into my dating profiles and set me up on blind dates. And it was super fun. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually had one of our friends, <laughs> she was
1: managing our double dating account, which was hilarious. We had like three different people talking to
0: all these different like prospects. Um, it was <laughs> hilarious. Question that I love to ask is when did you first discover technology? Like when was that aha moment. This is a world that I'm curious about and I want to start exploring. Were you little girls or was it later in life in college? When did it happen for each of you? Maybe Lauren, do you want to go first on this one?
2: Yeah. For me, it definitely happened very early on. I think my earliest memory of it is always asking for like the newest tech gadgets for birthdays and holidays. I remember when I got my first iPod and iPhone and Nintendo DS and like was always on the home computer and office and was like scouring the web for the new coolest things. I think we grew up during a very interesting time because we lived through like every iteration of the iPhone and the MacBook and there was also always this sense of discoverability encouraged at school. Mm-hmm. Um, too, we had like computer lab classes and like grew up exploring different apps and tech platforms, and I think that was kind of the moment or the set of moments that really inspired me to continue fostering this sense of curiosity, especially in the tech place when I was in high school and then went on to college and developed kind of a keen
0: interest before we jump over to Sarah, what would you say your superpower is? observation, observation. Yo, that's a great superpower. <laughs> that is a great superpower. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? Like when did you first gain that curiosity for technology?
1: I would say the time that we grew up definitely has to do with it. I also think that not to shout out my parents, but to shout out my parents. They <laughs> they kind of always instilled like some kind of curiosity in me and like self-startership. I remember from a very young age, every time I would ask them a question, they would say "Google it or figure it out." And kind of would never give me the answers to things, which I think as I grew up was really helpful for me because I never really had the answers. I always kind of had to figure them out. Like, for example, I remember doing a science project when I was really young, and my parents were like, you know, it was like how to grow crystals or something like that. And my parents were like, figure out how to order all the ingredients you need. This is how you do it. And you know, just kind of like go forth with it. And I kind of feel like every time I like start a project now, I'm kind of like, right, let me sit down and get all the tools I need and put them all together. And I don't know. I just feel like I, they kind of instilled self-startership in me.
0: And what would you say your superpower is?
1: I feel like I am extremely generous, but I feel like that's a weird superpower to have.
0: No judgment. Like I think that's dope too. I'm not just saying that to be nice. I'm too direct to be nice. Um, <laughs> right. no,
1: I think I'm also very direct. Right. Actually, I'm yeah. extremely direct. I think that actually might be my superpower. Like every time, every time Lauren and I talk about something, she's like, "Yeah, can you just ask them?" I don't want to ask them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure, I'll do it.
0: I'm very direct. I think generous and direct are great. One thing that I wanted to ask Sarah is, how do you envision? women elevating women? Because I think that we have this PR message out there that women stomp on women. And obviously, you both elevate one another. So what are some examples of that so that we could learn from you?
1: That's a great question. I think for one, we're both really honest with each other, which I feel like leans into elevating each other. I feel like a lot of the time, there's this inclination to be passive with other people. And especially in female relationships. And I feel like our honest and transparent relationship has really leaned into and given us a really great friendship moving forward and you know, has kind of bolstered the respect that we have for one another. So I would say that's definitely
0: one. When do you feel seen and acknowledged and appreciated by Lauren? And I'm gonna ask you you. the same question, Lauren. So you got to cheat. You have a little buffer time. (laughs) When do I feel seen and acknowledged by
1: Lauren? I mean, I think it has to do with like our very transparent relationship. Like she, I feel like we will just tell each other straight up. And I think that's pretty special. I also feel like Lauren and I are not really that touchy feely. Like, I don't think we've ever hugged actually, now that I think about it, um, <laughs> which kind of, I feel like they always say like with your best friends, like you never hug them. Like you never tell them you love them type thing. Like, that's definitely like how we are. So it's funny that you asked this question specifically. When do I feel seen and appreciated by her? I mean, I do a lot of the time. I feel like also she reiterates a lot of the things that I say in the business sense, which I always feel like like we're always kind of backing each other up in our professional relationship, which I think is really cool and definitely makes me feel seen and definitely makes me feel supported. Like I kind of always know that she has my back in a business sense. She's also very good at. Telling me that what I'm doing is like, I'm doing a good job at whatever I'm doing. I love that. I'm butchering this answer.
0: No, you're not butchering (laughs) it. The reason why I wanted to ask this, this really smart businesswoman told me, she's like, I don't think it's that people don't want to be kind. I think they don't know how to be kind. I'm like, what? She's like, I want to be a very, speaking of being generous, she's like, I want to be a very generous person. And I legit had to read books to learn how. I'm like, for real?
1: But another thing that I'll add is that Lauren and I laugh all the time at each other. Like even at the stupidest stuff, we will laugh all the time. And that definitely makes me feel supported and makes me feel appreciated because we have very similar, really crazy humor. And that's definitely... This is like the most Lauren and I have ever showed affection for each other, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, like laughing (laughs) nervously. I know. Lauren, it's about to be your turn. So yeah. what what would you say I even forgot my original question now because I'm so excited about this one. Let's just carry <laughs> with this for a second. How do you feel seen, supported and appreciated by Sarah? And again, my intent for asking is to really empower everyone listening. How can I be a woman who empowers people around me? I mean, whether you're empowering, you know, any gender demographic, just how do I be an empowering person to others? Is that's my mm-hmm. intent behind it.
2: Yeah. It's a great question. I think Sarah captured our relationship pretty well. I think she has the gift of asking the right question in response to what somebody says. So if I have a question or bring up a concern about my personal life or something to do with what we're working on together now, she doesn't just write a quick answer to simply answer the text or the email or whatever it is. She's super thoughtful and asks questions that help inform what she's going to say back and also validate how I'm feeling, which I really appreciate. And I also think like working with 7 of your friends is is a task in and of itself. And I really, really think Sarah and I have such a unique and special relationship where we can be the best of friends in our personal lives and hang out with each other on the weekends and go on dates together. But we also work really, really well together business-wise and are able to be super collaborative and have somewhere thoughts and back each other up and
0: kind of boost each other's confidence along the way. Jumping back into the world of technology, how did you discover the ad tech world? I mean, <laughs> were you like ad tech? Yeah, sexy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh,
2: so I had eight internships while I was at NYU, which I think speaks to um, eight. Yeah. 8. Wow. I started interning my freshman year and did two my second semester at the same time. And one of those two was at a tech company. They ran like all of the software for Global Fashion Week. I worked in their CS department, which is really full circle cuz that's where I work at or the same department I work in now. Yeah.
0: And CS but is in customer service or computer science. Client strategy. Client, client strategy. strategy. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got I that was o for me. <laughs>
2: You tried. It's okay. I should have clarified. But I really started thinking about ad tech when I was an early employee at a direct consumer company. And I was actually like one of the first employees on the ground, really helping them to think about their strategy in terms of loyalty and retention. And with that, I started thinking about email strategy and SMS marketing. And that's when I first came across the company I work at now. And then I worked at a few other places along the way, working in marketing and operations, a few other D2C companies. And then when I was applying to jobs, I knew that I really wanted to be a a hyper-growth startup, but somewhere that was still relatively early stage because I was addicted to the feeling of that little bit of risk you take on as an early employee. And so I landed at an amazing company, working directly with clients in a technical capacity. And I think this also relates back to my major because I studied consumerism, um, marketing and psychoanalysis. And so I'm really, really interested in the way that consumers interact with brands um, in general and kind observant. of... brands. Yeah. Observe- yeah.
0: observing comes into play.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've always been really good at joining a company, sitting and watching for like a week or two, and then being able to tell you everything that's going on. And That's kind of developed into my superpower, especially working at early
1: stage companies.
0: Sarah, how did you discover the world of ad tech? Lauren and
1: I became friends freshman year of college. So it's been like five and a half years now. We've been friends for a long time. I got hired only a month ago. I've only been working at ad tech for a month. And how did you discover ad tech? I was brought into ad tech by an incredible female mentor of mine, actually. And she is SVP of the company that I'm currently working at and she really lifted me up on my job search process. She introduced me to a ton of different people before actually taking me on into her company. She said, I want you to gain as much experience as possible interviewing with tons of different companies. She was like, I really want to invest in you. I think you're awesome. And I thought that was really special. So when she was like, I want you to work for me, I saw how she worked. I saw her team. Her team was full of people who she's previously worked with and brought into the new company that she's working at. And I thought that was really cool and really spoke to her ability to really vouch for people that work really hard for her. And yeah, so I was like immediately, yes, I would love to work for you. And here I am a month into my my ad tech career.
0: What do you love most about the job? What has been the most daunting about the job in your learning process? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I'll start with the most daunting. Right now, we're doing a complete revamp of our marketing efforts. And so for me, that's thinking about short-term activation versus like long-term brand building. And I think that's really daunting to think about because like, how do you balance that in budget and how do you balance that practically? And I think that's a really challenging thing to think about, but it's also very fun to think about. And I would say the most exciting thing for me has honestly been the people and honestly been working for my two managers are female, and that's really awesome. And I have really appreciated all their support. And I think that's definitely the most exciting for me because I see how they lift other people in the company up, and I really appreciate it. And I know that I'm kind of taken care of, which is really cool. Like they, you know, anything I need, they're definitely They would support me. And another thing I'll add is that before I took this job, I was really honest with my manager about having this Clubhouse side gig. I thought that,
0: you know, I was kind of balancing. Oh, because, like, yes, this was a month ago and you guys launched the show two months ago. Yeah. Wild. I was trying to decide
1: if I wanted to work on Clubhouse full time or if I wanted to take a full time job. Yeah. Um, and obviously, one, is very risky. And so what I thought I would do is speak honestly to my potential future manager and just say like, look, this is a project that I'm really excited about. And she was so cool about it. She was like, I want you to have a side hustle. I want you to have a passion project. I love that you have this thing that you're doing on the side. I would love for you to come work for me. You're totally... you know, Anytime you need to take to do this, you can take to do it. I want you to work 100% for me. And I want to see that you know, you're getting things done. But I also don't want your whole life to be work. I want you to develop your individual professional life. And I want you to really grow as a person while you're working for me. And I think this will really help you grow as a person. So I'll support you. And I was like, okay, that's what really helped me decide that I wanted to go on this full
0: time. I love that. And you mentioned that your managers really empower you. Can you give us an example of one action that they do? So everyone listening who's a manager can learn something and be like, oh, I could do that with my team. In regards to the Clubhouse thing today, I sent her an article
1: and she read the whole thing and she said, can I share this with the entire company? And she was like, I'm so proud of you. This is so awesome. And I think even like little words of affirmation like that are really, really important. My other manager today sent me like a brief Slack message that said, you rock. And I think like little, even though it's like, Very, very small. I think little signs of like affirmation like that, I think are really, really important to kind of like keep people incentivized, keep people motivated, and keep your employees saying, like, okay, I'm doing a good job. I'm going to push forward still rather than like constantly feeling debilitated or depleted and having no reward.
0: I love that. And let's get into internships, Lauren. I mean, doing eight, like, that's super (laughs) rare. First of all, I agree with you that. An internship is just the most accelerated way to figure out what you like, what you don't like, make connections. I mean, it's gold to do internship and to really be proactive and do so many. I think that that's just really, really smart. So how does someone find an internship and how can they make the most of that opportunity so that it helps them in their future endeavors?
2: So it was definitely a learning process for me. When I started off freshman year, I was definitely just clicking apply on LinkedIn and on job boards and hoping for the best. And I did get lucky. But as I started to network more and had more impactful conversations with people who I looked up to and was asking them how they got their internships, who I either met through friends or just reached out to on LinkedIn, their best advice was, especially since I wanted to work in the early stage space, was to email the CEO. um, True. And so I kind of worked on crafting an email template and fired it off to the CEOs at a bunch of companies that I wanted to work at. And sure enough, it worked. They put me in contact with the right people. And that was kind of my path to working at a bunch of different places. I also think I focused a lot in school on networking and meeting as many people as I could. I was the vice president of something called the. Gallatin Founders Fund. So we were basically a student-led VC. Um, and through that, I met so many incredible people. That was how I got one of my internships as well. But I think the internship process, if you're just blindly hitting apply on the internet, you'll spend hours and become really frustrated. Uh-huh. And so I think my best advice there would to not be afraid to reach out to, to higher-ups at a company or someone that you admire. I would spend hours on LinkedIn looking at people who had careers that i aspired to have looked at their career trajectory and figured out kind of what i needed to do to get where they were reached out to them and had a lot of meaningful conversations that kind of guided me to where i am
0: today one really underutilized thing to do is do a video if you're reaching out to a ceo do a personal video not a video that you send to a million people like a personal video for each person maybe they won't look at it maybe they will but for someone who gets a zillion messages a day, I get maybe in the last few years I've gotten maybe two videos. And it makes me stop and be like, wow, this person really cares. And they mention things that are specific to me. And mm-hmm. and a great easy way to do that is a site called loom l-o-o-m dot com. But that's like I think the CEO route is great. What's one huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome, Lauren? And how did you overcome that um, in your career? That's a really good yeah. question.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the, the obvious one that comes to mind for me is that we graduated in the midst of the pandemic. Oh my um, gosh. That is... I didn't... Yeah. I didn't have an internship my senior spring semester. It was the only semester I didn't have an internship, and I decided to take that semester off to spend time with my friends. And then, of course, uh, the pandemic happened. I went home, graduated virtually. So, my job search was a bit stunted by that. And I think Sarah kind of had a similar experience where when you're applying to things virtually, only being interviewed during Zoom after being on class on Zoom all day. It's a bit discouraging, and Mm. I kind of had to get scrappy with how I was looking for jobs. And it took a lot of time and effort to really find a position at a company that I wanted to be at and something that I was actually excited about doing. I think I probably sat on LinkedIn for hours and hours every day, like anything that had the easy apply button where it would just like submit your resume. I was like, Yes, I'll do it (laughs) because I was doing it for so many hours. But I think that was kind of the biggest obstacle. And I was lucky enough to have stumbled upon this job posting for the company I work at now. Did you find it on LinkedIn? I found it on the NYU job board, actually. Ah, perfect. And I got really lucky that it was kind of exactly what I was looking for. But I think after having so many internships in school, too. And I thought I had a pretty strong idea of where I was going. And then kind of having that moment of disruption and kind of feeling out of control, that was definitely a difficult moment, but something I learned to work through.
0: Sarah, you talked a little bit about you know starting your new job and what was daunting there. Does anything else come up for you in the journey of your career that was just like a whoa obstacle that you successfully mm-hmm. overcame? I think something that comes to mind is that
1: I went to business school. So the Career trajectory that I chose was not conventional at all. Most people study finance and go into banking or consulting. And for me, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more creative. And that was really hard for me to do and like kind of break out of that finance shell in such a very strict curriculum at my school. And I think that was something that I personally had a really hard time reckoning with that like I wasn't going on the same path as most of my mm-hmm. classmates I think like 90 or 80 percent of the students at CERN study finance so that was something that I would say was definitely a bit of an obstacle for me personally just because I kind of didn't really feel like everybody else in that way you know when you're in school and it's a very pretty small school within NYU it's extremely extremely competitive and I think me being like a little bit more creative and not wanting to take that same career path kind of made me feel a little bit insecure at times. And that was definitely something that was challenging for me to overcome.
0: And I appreciate you being so open and vulnerable and sharing that. I have a couple yeah. last questions. What is one piece of advice someone gave you along your path that's really stuck with you and that you continue to apply today? This is going to sound
1: really silly, but something that somebody told me was always say please and thank you because it'll get you really far in life. And honestly, it has. In job interviews, for example, like even when you insert some kind of politeness and some kind of sense that you're self-aware, I think it goes a really, really long way. And also just being like generally aware in general, um, I think is pretty helpful. I don't know if that was a proper answer, but I feel like The please and thank you thing has gotten me really far in life. And I feel like it's a really important thing that not enough people emphasize in their day-to-day actions. You never know how much that means to another person.
0: No, I think it was a great answer. And how about you, Lauren? Mine
2: also is silly, but more literally silly. My dad always would tell me growing up, whenever I complained about having like a big project due at school or a ton of things to do or having to clean my room, he would always ask me, like, how do you eat a frog? And I'd always be like, what are you talking about? And he would say one (laughs) bite at a time. And that's something that I've always kept with me because it's really helped me always take a step back and kind of reprioritize and know that I have to take that first bite to accomplish anything. Um, And that's been true and everything that I've had to do in life from college papers to my job in ad tech to NYU girls. And I think that'll be something that I'll carry with me forever.
0: Completely. I have so, another
2: answer
1: oh, to that question, actually. I've heard this on a podcast with Mark Cuban, but it stuck with me and I don't know why, but it's how you do anything is how you do everything. And that really stuck with me because I truly do believe that. And I feel like it's really important to remember that even small things that you do in life to kind of carry them out to the same extent and be really thorough in life is very important. And I feel like applying the same kind of intensity to many different projects, says a lot about your
0: you know, ability to work and ability as a person. Um, Completely. What's your favorite book or podcast, like something you would recommend everybody to read?
2: My favorite book is called The Opposite of Loneliness by Marina Keegan. It's a collection of short stories that was written by a young woman who was an extremely gifted writer. And she passed away in a tragic accident two days before graduating from Yale. And her professors as a tribute put together this amazing collection of stories and poems that she wrote. And one of the poems was actually my year of high school yearbook quote. And it's just like one of my favorite books.
0: That's awesome. And how about you, Sarah?
1: It's funny. I like don't really read fiction or anything like that. I read strictly World War II nonfiction. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) It's weird. So random. Um, I know. I love nonfiction. I also do like... I read a lot of like business nonfiction. But I would say one of my favorite podcasts is Secrets of Wealthy Women by Wall Street Journal. I think that is a great podcast. I think they stopped doing it like last year, but I really, really loved it. And I remember there was one episode that really stuck with me. And that was this one about empowering women to run for president and how they're starting to do that in young women. And I I don't know, I just really, really liked it. It was very, you know, it kind of relates to the show even. I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it's a really great podcast and series. And... It's very interesting because it talks specifically about, you know, secrets to success, specifically for females, which I think is very um, niche, but incredibly
0: important category. Um, Nice. So, yeah. And what's so cool is when you're in an NYU Girls Roasting Tech Guys room, you also have the chat, which the community can talk to one another. So that's a really Mm -hmm. cool way. I was using that last night and I just thought it's really awesome how everybody could just kind of give everybody feedback and have an energy about the room that's not just in Mm -hmm. Clubhouse. I really love the experience in your room because you essentially reintroduce being human. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about
2: that? I think one of the things we've done really well with our room is we've kind of hit the nail on the head, finding the perfect balance between entertainment and dating. So almost gamifying it in a way, which in the past dating apps, that's what they were doing. They were like using swiping as a function of gamification. And it's interesting that with the dating app space becoming so crowded, the swiping aspect of it has almost like created this feeling of choice paralysis and Everyone becomes tired of swiping at a certain point. And so I think there's going to be kind of this new wave of how can we farther gamify dating? Anything can be a dating app these days. And how do we like bring the fun to that again?
1: I love it. I also think like the speed at which you meet somebody and really get to know them in an audio setting is so much faster than if you're looking at a profile and you're like able to create texts and messages and like really put some thought into them. Like if you just have a conversation with somebody, you get to know them so much better um, and so much faster.
0: And who thought of the title of the room? It was from a tweet. Like someone Mm -hmm. tweeted you and you're like, that's a great title. And now, and how did you all come together? Was this both of your idea or how did that? I mean, there's eight of you, right?
2: Mm -hmm. A lot of humans.
0: How did eight humans come humans. together? Yeah. <laughs> How did eight um, humans come together? We did not
1: collect everybody together. It was completely by accident. Um, one of our good friends, Devin, was on the app, I think last March or April, um, which obviously was long before it became a popular app. Um, and she is very involved in the tech VC space. And so she was on the app and she was joining all these rooms and Gaining all these followers in relevant tech spaces. And so um, in December, when the app started to gain popularity, she was like, You guys should all get on this app. It's really fun and cool. It's going to be the next big thing. Um, And so I think she was really the catalyst to all of us getting onto the app. And then it kind of became this thing that would create immense FOMO. Like every single time your friend is on the app and they're speaking, you get a notification. And the thing about Clubhouse is that it's live. So it's not a text message chain that you can go back and reread. If they're speaking right now, you're never going to be able to see that or like, you know, hear that again. Right. And so what's interesting about it is it creates this insane feeling of like, I need to be there right now. And I really felt that for like the first couple of months that I was on the app. And I think we all did. And every time somebody would join a room, we would all join a room and we created crazy rooms like, does your sparkling water ever speak to you? And is Army Hammer a Cannibal? And you know, like very crazy room titles, and would just chat in there about very random things. And one night we saw the Sway Boys. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. them. But we saw the Sway Boys doing this shoot your shot format. So that's the night that we tried it out. That's the night that the app crashed, and Elon Musk was on the app, and we had 800 people stuck in our room. That was the night that we also got our name, which is NYU Girls Roasting Tech Guys. And from then on, we've just kind of been running with it. Such a great story. For of guests, Sarah, you want to speak to that? Something really funny about our show is that we have this bit where really successful tech people will come into our room and they will join the stage and we'll ask them to be our intern, which in no other setting <laughs> would be okay. Um, but that list of people includes Justin Kahn, the founder of Twitch, um, Mazio who is a big VC guy, Seth Rosenberg, who's VP Greylock, Legion of Atelier Ventures. Yeah. And the founders of Clubhouse frequent our room as well. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of the Clubhouse team. We had Jen Rubio, yeah. the co-founder of Away, and her husband, whose name is Stuart. I don't know his last name.
0: Butterfield from Slack. Yeah. Stuart Butterfield from Slack. Yes what are some of the behind the scenes of NYU girls roasting tech guys? Like the hard work that goes into making what seems like, oh, just a bunch of girls hanging out on Clubhouse. It's actually not that easy. Like what's some of the behind the scenes hard work that goes into it? Right. I think that takes many forms. I think
1: one of them is definitely production. We create run of show documents for every single Clubhouse room that we do. That includes rooms that we collaborate on. So we think of, intro scripts, reset scripts, we think of questions to ask people. And then the business side, also, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So partnerships and nurturing those relationships. And that includes everything before the show. So organizing the partnership itself and integrating partnership copy into all of our copy. So that includes like the banner on our website, the email and SMS marketing that we do, the social media posts that we do. And then the partnership also includes the case study that we do afterwards, where we try to learn how we did and if it went well. And if this new way of advertising by collaborating on a clubhouse room, a live audio format makes sense for these brands. And then there's all the other overhead stuff, which is like signing... Long term contracts, this kind of goes back to like my dilemma that I'm having at my actual work job, where it's like the contrast between short term activations and long term brand building. Like, we definitely deal with that a little bit or a lot with our NYU girls business. And we think a lot about like long term partnerships and long term brand building stuff. And
0: Um, were you all the most connected people ever? How did that happen? (laughs) It happened by chance. I mean, I think that's
2: one of the coolest things about Clubhouse is that anybody can drop into a room at any moment. And it's really funny that nobody can see our faces during it because when these people drop in and start listening or talking with us, I think my jaw is just on the floor the entire time because these are people that I've looked up to forever and have dreamed about talking with. And now I'm talking to them about dating and helping people find love in a clubhouse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we are on clubhouse live every
0: Tuesday and Thursday night at 10 PM Eastern. I'm so just stoked for you guys. I know I was telling you that Mm pre-interview, but I just think what you're doing in your lives and how you're taking you're essentially creating your reality, which is what I believe in. You're finding the things that excite you most and you're creating the path you want to live and then you're making it happen. Mm -hmm. And not all of it and probably very little of it is easy, but you're just determined and you're just architecting the world that you want to exist in. And I just think that's so cool. So if there was one thing the community could do for you to help accelerate you, Sarah, to help accelerate you, Lauren, and to help accelerate the show. So we have three things going on. Uh, What can they do? Do you want to go first, Lauren? Like, what's one thing that all of our listeners can do to accelerate you in your career and professional life aspirations? I feel
1: like what's really funny is that, like, people keep asking us, like, how people can get in touch with us and stuff. And we, like, don't know how we got this clout, you know? So I would love to have a conversation with literally anybody interested in having a conversation with me. Like, I think that the more you meet people, the more you expand your network. Like, I would love to expand my network. I would love to. Have conversations with interesting people, I think that would be incredibly helpful. And if anybody has any ideas for us in terms of like branding or feedback, I would love feedback. Feedback is incredibly helpful. And even if they want to give us feedback on how to run an organization with your friends or how to create an operational agreement, I think that would be like really helpful advice or just like how to run a business in general. Everything helps.
0: Awesome. So your ask is essentially say hello. Yeah, say hello. <laughs> love to and, have a conversation. And Lauren, so what would your ask be for you specifically? I would really love a mentor. I well, think... we were talking about that. I gave a speech this morning. We were talking about mentorship. That's so random. Okay, wait, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think
2: um, I'm at a point where I'm still very early on in my career and I'd love to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and help me think about how to get to where I want to be in the next five, ten years. And so If anybody is looking to mentor a young 23-year-old with two full-time jobs,
0: let me know. (laughs) And drop names. Who would your dream mentor be? Like if it could be anybody in the world, it doesn't matter how inaccessible they seem, who would that dream mentor be? Laura knows who mine would be. (laughs) Sarah, you can go
1: first. Mine would be Bethany Frankel. I love Bethany Frankel. I think she is so
0: dope. Did you hear the podcast interview she did with Mark Cuban? It was really good. Yes, that's where I put <laughs> my Mark Cuban quote. I, I wonder that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm surprised I mean, how good her podcast fan. is. Her I'm podcast not, is really good.
1: She, I'm not surprised. I think she is so incredibly smart. I think she is a branding genius. And I would love to learn from her. I, we actually reached out to have her on the show where I reached out. Somebody gave me her email who... Used to work with her
0: and her assistant was like, She's not interested at this time. <gasps> so I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> one day maybe she'll speak to me.
0: My mom says every no is one step closer to a yes. Exactly. So exactly. Keep on, keep on. You can't have right.
1: success if you if you never fail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Completely.
1: Lauren pressure's on. Mine would
2: definitely be Whitney Wolford. And not just because I now am involved in the dating space, but I think what she's built as a female entrepreneur is really, really incredible. Um, And I would love to learn from her.
0: And share background on her. She she created Um, Bumble, right? Am I... Yeah, 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 yeah. They just ipo would which is incredibly exciting. And... In a mentorship, again, dream, you could have anything. What would that mentorship look like for you? Is it 30 minutes a month? Is it meeting once a week? Like, Do you have any... If you could pick out anything, what would that look like if she would be down to mentor you? I think a once a month
2: touch base right now would be great. In the past, I probably would have said weekly or bi-weekly. But now with my schedule, I think (laughs) once a month would work well. And I think my questions for her or a mentor in general would kind of live around my career trajectory in general, and also how to exceed in both of the things
0: I'm working on right now. I love it. So everybody listening, if you have any connects, any relationships, any (laughs) ins, please help both of them out. How can everybody connect with you? Each of you? Mm -hmm. So I'll
2: shamelessly plug our NYU Girls socials first, but... You can email us at mods at shotsonclub.com. Um, we're also on Twitter, um, which is shots on club. Our Instagram is NYU Girls on Club. Personally, you can reach out to me at lauren at shotsonclub.com. And I'm also on Twitter at laurenlayton16.
1: Awesome. Sarah? So my LinkedIn, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's just Sarah Genetti. And then my Instagram is sarah. Lynn L-Y-N-N-N the 3 N's even though my middle name only has one N and then J so Sarah Lynn J and my Twitter is I prefer SJ because a lot of my close friends call me SJ so it's I prefer SJ no spaces or dashes or anything and then I think those are the only 2 ways you can connect with me I haven't been on Facebook in 12 years you'll find um, us or, you'll <laughs> find <laughs> us. <everywhere. laughs>
0: thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast it's been amazing thank you. To, thank you for having us of course to connect and collaborate oh i'm so glad you had a good time to connect and collaborate with uh, more extraordinary women in tech around the world remember go to the women in tech facebook group which is at women in tech takes you straight there women in tech say hello on social at women in tech show on twitter on instagram on facebook i will see you guys talk to you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye bye thank you so much for having us Bye, thank you. I'm Sarah
2: Janetti And I'm Lauren Layton. And we're two of the co-founders of NYU Girls Roasting
1: Tech Guys. Based in New York City, you're listening to Women in Tech.